All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The first selection of the National Hockey League draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL draft. Face off. The Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 3, Episode 3, the Right Wig Positional Preview. Just episode. rolls off the tongue. Yeah. And, uh, I'm Brock Sagan, your host. With me, as always, Beebs Bondi. How's it going, Beebs? Going uh, significantly better than it was two hours ago when we recorded the Left Wing podcast. <laughs> um but since uh, we're going to act like it's a new day, it's going great, Brock. Killing it today. How, how about you? It's going good. Uh, you know, I'm, yeah. fe- I'm feeling a so. little bit uh, a little bit more energized than I was during the Left Wing Positional the Preview Steph- Podcast mm-hmm. episode. But, uh, yeah, I'm ready to go here. We're, uh, you know, dusting off the cobwebs. So that mid-game shotgun will do to you. There you go. Ready to rock yep. here for the Right Wing Positional Preview. And Dylan D. Berthew, how's it going, D? D? He got, yeah. We lose him. No. Yeah, we lost him. Come on. <laughs> he was, that was. You went into that so hot too. Sorry, hey, wait, well, 
Oh, he's well, back. I'm assuming you threw it to me by now. Oh, yeah, we totally did. It's all right. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, we threw it to you, and then we just chilled there. We're like, that. Right. I thought you were just being a jackass. Uh, yeah, I legit thought you were being funny at first. I thought you just didn't answer for like 10 minutes. But anyways, how's it going, D? Welcome back. Uh, it's, uh, it's going, man. Um, my stream just cut out for this football game, you know, about the same time that I couldn't hear you. So I'm going to assume the two are possibly related. Um... <laughs> Definitely so, uh, an internet issue going on here. Kind of caught in between, you know, hearing you guys well throughout the whole podcast or watching the football game. All right. Okay. Um, Which one do you choose? So that's about where I'm at. Uh, why don't we just move on in the show? All right. Sounds good. Yep. Let's start with <laughs> our top 10 rankings at right wing. And uh, you know what? I let you guys start all the time. So I'm going to f- take the wheel here and I'm going to go. Do it. I'm just going to grind it all. Uh, Super I'm, I'm just going to do play. it. I'm, no, I don't care. You guys always get to start. I want to talk first this time. Take the wheel. So I'm gonna take the wheel and just do it. Uh, so yeah, number one. Who do, who do you guys think? Patrick. Tough Kane. one. Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane. It was a tough one, but not really. Patrick Kane. Uh, I don't think I really yeah, need to big. say too much about Patrick Kane. Uh, he's been over a point per game every season since the lockout, uh, and yeah, he's just pretty much an absolute beast. Uh, over that span, like since the lockout, he ranked second in the NHL in points. Uh, and tied for third in goals, so uh, no reason to pick anybody else other than Patrick Kane. Uh, I'm pretty sure most drafts will go Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, Patrick Kane. Uh, maybe McDavid, Kane, Crosby, depending how how you're feeling. Uh, but number Shouldn't two, be. Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, Tarasenko just you know took his game to an elite level uh, last year. Uh, over the last three years, he's second in the NHL in goals, fifth in shots, uh, and tied for sixth in points. And even, you know, something else that helps quite a bit in fantasy hockey is power play goals, and he's 13th over that span. Um, just a ridiculous playmaker, uh, one of the best goal scorers in the league, uh, one of the few guys you can really expect to top 40 goals uh, in 2017-18. So he is uh, a pretty clear number two in my opinion. I know a lot of other people like Nikita Kucherov a little mm-hmm. bit better, but I have Kucherov at number three. Uh, I think just with Stamkos coming back, there's just going to be uh, less to go around for Kucherov. Uh, but I mean, at the same time, it could just open it up even more for him. Uh, we shall see. Regardless, I like him to be, you know, uh, maybe not 40 goals this year, but somewhere in the mid 30s. Uh, but the 24 year old is just a pure sniper, tied for. Ninth in the NHL in goals and tenth in points over the last three seasons. So he is, uh, you know, I think the right wing uh, are a lot more talented than the left wing. Uh, but again, yeah. similar to the to the left wing, uh, very top heavy. I think uh, after these three, it falls off a little bit. Although I do really like David Pasternak, who I was getting a little nervous about, uh, but not really because I don't really like the Bruins. So if he wouldn't have reported to camp and signed a deal, I wouldn't really have cared. Uh, but Pasternak yeah. is yeah. Pasternak is yeah. that good uh, that I really think that if he would have just been like, ah, you guys don't want to pay me, screw you, I'm going to stay in the check and play here, the Bruins literally would have went from like a playoff contender to just not a playoff team at all. He's that good. Uh, he made a huge splash last year, recording 34 goals and 36 assists. Uh, he played nearly... 50% of his even strength minutes with Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. I expect that to be um, the case again this year. But put just think about this one for a second. That trio had a 62.7 Corsi 4 percentage and a 57.8 goals 4 percentage last year. So pretty so, ridiculous numbers. Uh, fired their coach, though. 
Yeah, but expect uh, Pasternak to be around, you know, mid-30s goals again. Uh, and he could easily push over 40 assists and could, you know, even reach the uh, the elusive 50 assist plateau. Uh, and then my number five, a uh, guy who is just very consistent and similar to a guy that we talked about in the last episode, and that's Max Pacioretty. I like Joe Pavelski at number five here for right wingers. Uh from 2014 to 2016, he averaged 39 goals per season. Uh, surprisingly failed the top 30 goals last year, but I, he's been one of the most consistent goal scorers in the NHL uh, over the last four seasons. Uh, surefire top 20 fantasy forward. Will likely play with his buddy Joe Thornton for the vast majority of the year. Uh, and we all know that Big Joe is one of the best playmakers in the league. So makes Pavelski an obvious 30 goal return to 30 goals could be even up uh, closer to 40 this year uh, with around 40 assists so I like Kane, Tarasenko, Kucherov, Pasternak and Pavelski as my top five D what says you uh pretty similar uh for the most part I have Kane, Tarasenko, Kucherov as well uh definitely in the same boat as you Brock uh, to me that was the clear kind of first year um and obviously there wasn't much deliverance putting Kane at one um yeah panarin's gone might hurt kane's you know kind of gaudy assist totals but um i'm still kind of thinking minimum 45 assists over a full four full 82 game season uh so th- there's no other right wing with the floor or ceiling to patrick kane uh so that's why he gets the nod for me tarasenko uh again like just crazy crazy consistent the last three years 73 74 75 points respectively slowly getting better um and he's done all this playing no more than 18 and a half minutes a night, which sure is a lot. But, you know, Kane in comparison came in at over 21 minutes a game last year. So there's still room for Tarasenko, who's, you know, uh, bar and wide the best player on his team. Uh, room for him to grow in that regard. Uh, so definitely something to watch as the year he was along anyway. Um, and then Kucherov at three. Uh, I think an argument can be made to take Kucherov over Tarasenko. Um, but again, I think Brock covered it all pretty well. Uh, where I start to differ here is I actually have Leon Dreisaitl at four. Um, kind of similar to, uh, well, I think, what people are calling for Kucherov. Uh, it is reasonable to expect Dreisaitl to regress in some areas. Um, but at the same time, he's at that age where he's improving so much year to year. Um, you kind of almost expect that to minimize the effects of you know not shooting 17% again. So, yeah, he scored 29 goals on just 172 shots, but you could certainly imagine a world where Dreisaitl registers over 200 shots this season. Not only is he getting better, but the Oilers as a whole has improved, and he's playing with Connor McDavid, if you didn't know. Um, no, they actually so, said today that they, they're not going to play together. Well, at yeah, least during regular strength. But Yeah, that's what more so. Well, here's the thing. For me, oh, sorry. For me, uh, sorry, you're good. You're good. You're for good. me, yeah, like, Dreisaitl came in at number six for me just because – we know for sure that Pasternak is going to play with Bergeron and Marshawn. Like it's almost guaranteed. Um, and mm-hmm. I and I just went over their numbers. We know for sure that Pavelski is going to play with Thornton. Again, almost guaranteed. Um, and you know, in tr- first day of training camp, uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl were separated. Now, whether that lasts one game, two games, twelve minutes, twenty games, who knows? Um, but yeah. just because he's not guaranteed to play with McDavid, and I think honestly, if they don't play together, it makes the Oilers a better team. Um, yep. But I think that definitely affects Trey Seidel's, uh fantasy value. Obviously, going from playing with Connor McDavid to not playing with Connor McDavid, pretty big difference. But also, uh, is just as capable of being a really, really good fantasy asset uh, by himself at the same time. Yeah, uh, I actually have Pavelski at five, uh, and I just gave him the slight nod above Pasternak. 
Uh, I know you're like super crazy high on him, Brock, and you always have been. You always will be. <laughs> um, to me, I just have a hard time believing Pasternak is that elite talent. And maybe, you know, I'm just kind of being naive, but um, I don't really see how he can get that much better. So it's hard for me to kind of expect more of him, if that makes any sense. Like, obviously, he's just 21 years old. So, yeah, you know, skill-wise, sure, and maybe he can grow in some areas. But when you're you're playing on a line for the full season and you absolutely dominate, you know, kind of possession at, you know, rates that really haven't been seen before, how can you really expect uh, the three of them to build off that and to keep growing moving forward? Like, I can't imagine Pasternak registering more than 262 shots this year yeah. like he did last year. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he will, and maybe he'll blow my mind and push over 300 <laughs> shots. Do it again. Um, but, you know, shot a reasonable 30%, had a lot of things go right for him last year. I do like Pasternak a lot, obviously. Um, I'm just not quite ready to go all in and say he's that top five elite talent um, that kind of the numbers uh, want would, you know, or him improving would kind of lead you to con- uh, conclude if that makes sense. Oh, it makes sense. Yes. That, made oh, yeah. per- that, that was a very, very good argument. I mean, you're right though. I do love Pasternak and uh, you almost swayed me. <laughs> almost. Almost. Well, no, me. I, and I do think that like this whole, this kind of the back and forth rapping here kind of speaks to the fact that there really is kind of uh, a, a mess of guys that you can rank kind of in similar to the left wing in the four, five, six, seven area, as opposed to the one, two, three, which are kind of a lot more set in stone. Yeah, I think the difference between the left and right is the right just seems like the left was kind of loaded with guys who just have like really steady floors, not the high end upside where... Right. The right wings, like, these guys, we really don't know. Like, a guy who we have at seven right. could be number two at the end of the year. He like, could be an 80-point guy. Yeah, like, yeah. there's a lot more upside at, at right wing. Um, For sure. But also with a pretty stable floor across the board. So, yeah, it is, no, it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit deeper, a little bit more upside of the right wing. But, Beebs, who's your one through five? Mine are a little bit different than you guys. Um, again, I'm just trying to stir things up. But number one, obviously, Patrick Kane. We talked about that. Um he deserves it. Number two, I have uh, actually have Kucherov above Tarasenko. Um, oh, he did. My it. reasoning for this, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I actually, when he, as you guys were going the whole time, I was like, oh, I totally, uh, totally had him above. Um, I, I, Brock, you mentioned um, that maybe Stamkos takes a bit away from Ter- or, um, from Kucherov, but you also mentioned where I was going to go with the point that he could help him out and actually open up the ice a little bit more. Where last year he was um, at times kind of what it seemed like one of Tampa's only threats. Um, and he still managed to put up a 40 goal, 45 assists, 85 point season. Um, and I kind of expect him to put up, put on that or almost build on that and kind of compete with Patrick Kane for that number one spot. Um, with that being said, I do have Tarasenko obviously at third. And I, I, I could easily take your, your guys' side of the argument as well. Um, they're both phenomenal yeah. players. They're both um, super exciting young players who are going to take over um, and, and compete with Patrick Kane for that, um, that top right winger spot what I think will be next year um, between these three players, at least. Um, and they're what I think is the top tier of right wingers right there. For sure. Um, number four, I went kind of the D route. I went Leon, uh, Leon dry settle. And uh, I actually wrote this earlier today before they took, before they announced um, that he won't be playing with, uh, with McDavid, but I still kind of got to stand strong with it. I think dry settle has the talent to carry his own line um, and power play with McDavid is just enough in itself to hold um, plenty of fantasy value. Right um, on a team that's going to be um, a very uh, a very fun team to watch. I think, uh, and, and I, I I I like Brock said. I, I could see it being um, it could be twelve minutes um, and Dry settles up there with McDavid. And if he is, he all of a sudden he deserves that fourth spot. So 
Um, so I like drafting him high. Um, a player with a lot of upside still. I, haven't, I don't even think is at his complete uh, potential yet. Yeah, and that's what kind of what D said, and I completely agree. Is like he yeah. did all this damage last year with only 172 shots. Even the year, even the year before, like when he scored 19 goals, 51 points, he only had 133 shots. So like if he, if we see his you know shot volume take even another step forward, like look out, sky's the limit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Um, and then number five, uh, this is one where um, I know a lot of. NHL experts himself had this guy way higher than we do, but Patrick Line I went with, and um, I know you guys aren't as high as on him, but I, I had to be the one person to kind of put him up there just for just for our general rankings and just kind of fight for for my boy Patrick Line. Um, but when he was only 18 years old, he scored 36 goals, and uh, and and for a while he was up there with with Matthews for Rookie of the Year discussion, and um, and I we're not doubting Matthews at all, although Matthews had a lot better um, better numbers that that kind of stood for what he was doing where line a has this aggressive 17.6 shooting percentage from last year which um we are going to see regress um i'd imagine but he's also a guy where he has the ov like shot um and, and that's as we mentioned in, in in when we were talking about ov last time if you can shoot like that you are going to score a lot and i could see him um there's no reason why he can't just continue to get better and um, build on his 64-point season last year. And and this is just me wanting to stand for line A. I definitely could see him regressing quite a bit, but at the same time, I want to see him do great because I want to see him be up there with Matthews and compete for uh, for a nice battle of, of who was the better rookie of that draft. Um, but yeah, I'll let you guys go on your on your next five because I think we're going to have a quite, a quite a bit of a mix-up here. Yeah, well, for me, six, I uh, have Leon there. Uh, Leon, Leon comes in at six for me. I uh, don't really have anything else to say about him. Uh, seven for me was Patrick Laine. Uh I'm going to touch on him quite a bit uh, later in the episode. Uh, but in the, in the similar boat as uh, Leon, we only saw Laine fire uh, 204 shots last year. Um, and that is something that could definitely, we could see rise, uh, you know, the same way we can expect uh, Leon to, you know, be above 200 this year. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, while I expect uh, some regression from Line A, uh, I think there's also uh, some room for him to grow in other areas to that'll kind of maybe offset things. But like I said, I'll talk about him uh, at length a little bit later in the episode. Uh, his teammate Blake Wheeler for me is number eight. Uh, it's you know it's difficult to find a uh, a more consistent producer uh, in fantasy hockey. Uh, his goal production is literally about as consistent as they come uh, he recorded uh, 40 plus assists in each uh, or sorry three of the last four seasons uh, he does it kind of all while just flying under the radar really you don't really hear a lot about Blake Wheeler I don't know if it's just because he plays in Winnipeg no, smaller market but you really don't hear shit about Wheeler uh, super steady over the last four years he's uh, 11th in the NHL in assists and 12th in points uh, and 20th in goals like that's just you think of a guy that you know 11th, 12th, and 20th in the league, and then the three biggest categories, you'd hear a little bit of his, you'd hear his name a little more often, but it's not really the case. When you uh, were, uh, when you were describing Pavelski earlier, when you were introducing him, and you're saying, you know, this guy's been, uh, he's always consistent, blah blah blah. I actually thought you were going the Wheeler route. Um, I do have to admit that. So <laughs> that just, that just kind of shows, uh, you know, he he should be thought up there with that light. For sure. Like, and, and, and the thing with Wheeler is. Uh, and why he comes in at eight is because we, like we mentioned, some of the uh, the other guys have just a, a much higher ceiling than his. But you literally will not find a more stable floor uh, at the position, or even just in fantasy hockey. Like he's a near lock for uh, goals in the upper twenties, uh, forty plus assists, seventy points. Like it's just, 
it's just lock it in your lineup like as soon as you pick them in the second and third round there. Uh, for me, nice thing to have. Yeah, not too bad for me. At uh, nine and ten, I've got uh, a couple, a pair of Maple Leafs. I got Mitch Marner at nine and Willie Nylander uh, at ten. Um, I was kind of in the boat last year of people who thought that Marner might not be able to produce uh, at an elite level in his rookie season just because of his size. But boy, did he prove me wrong. Um, yep. As a, as an undersized guy myself, I guess I should have had a little bit more belief in the little guy. Uh, but he posted back-to-back 150-plus point seasons in his last two years the OHL. So uh, if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about this kid, uh, I don't know what will. But 19 goals, <laughs> 42 assists, uh, which... 42 assists, ranked 30th in the NHL last year uh, in 77 games. Great. Uh, obviously, sophomore slump, something to be worried about. But like I mentioned in the left-wing episode, some guys are just too damn good. Uh, I just thought, like, when I watch Leaf games, I always just expect him to just get absolutely destroyed. Like, he's just so tiny. But, like, you, they literally, <laughs> he never even gets hit. Like, nobody can even touch him. No, never. He's so shifty. So, I like Marner for 25 goals, 50 assists this year. Leaf should have an exceptional season. Uh, and then number 10... Uh, fellow Leaf, uh, Willie Nylander. Uh, you know, he doesn't get quite the exact same coverage as Matthews and Marner do, but Nylander is every bit as good. Uh, over a point per game in his two years with the Marlies. Uh, had a strong 20-game stint the year before, and then last year just came in and tore it up. 22 goals, 39 assists. Uh, great, pl- great skater, great playmaker. I think 40-plus assists for sure this year, 20-plus goals. lot to like about the Maple Leafs, unfortunately, for me as a Red Wing <laughs> fan. But uh, Mitchie Marnes, Willie D. Lander are my 9 to 10. Uh, D, I'm sure you've got a couple Leafs in your top 10, so why don't you give us your through, sorry, 6 through 10. <laughs> well, I'll try to rattle through it pretty quickly because it is very similar to Brock's. Um, like I said before, I have Pashnak at 6, just missed out on the top 5 for me. Then I have Blake Wheeler at 7. Uh, just touching off what Brock said, Wheeler has been reliable as they come the last few seasons. 74 points last year, 78 the year before that. His shot production has been crazy consistent, and I think he shot like at 10 point something percent the last three seasons. Um, so obviously really consistent in that regard. It's kind of the reason he's been right around 25 goals year in, year out. Uh, Monster at even strength, something like a 6 or 7 relative Corsi rating uh, last year, just stupid high. Um, yeah, just a lot to like about Wheeler. Not the same ceiling as the guys above him, uh, but a solid floor, uh, which gives him the nod over the, my 8, 9, 10. Patrick Line at 8. Um, Line at 8, almost regretting putting him this high, but, you know, I think just kind of the goal-scoring ability calls for it, gets him the spot, or he's shown so far, sorry. Um, he's obviously a very good, talented young player, yada, 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 but he didn't produce shots at elite rate. Relied on a 17.6 shooting percentage that only fell off as the year went along. And posted a sky-high 13.8 on-ice shooting percentage, um, which, you know, in no way should that be considered sustainable moving forward. Highest um, in the NHL. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, it's reasonable to expect him to make strides as a young player, but I think best-case scenario is those strides offset. Uh, kind of you, the luck, I guess you could put it, that bounced his way last season. Um, so to me, best-case scenario for line is he gets back to where he was a year ago. Um, so that's why I have him as low as 8. Uh in the 9-10, same thing for me. I have Marner and Nylander, respectively. Both very similar in a fantasy perspective for me. Um, very similar numbers last year, right around 20 goals, 40 assists. Uh, hard to gauge who's going to get what kind of opportunity, what the lines are going to look like, how it's all going to shake out for the Leafs up front. They Just so much depth uh, in terms of forward. Uh, 
but both of them, you know, certainly capable of building off what they did last year. And uh, at the very least, it should be safe bets to match their production last year, uh, much more so than line A. Um, so that, that to me, is kind of why they get the 9-10. They have the room to grow, and they should, you know, kind of be safe bets to get back to 60 points. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Beebs? Yeah, um, I'm super similar. At, at 6, I have uh, David Pasternak. Brock, you love him. I uh, I enjoy him, but not as much. So, so we're going with that. I'm not going to dive too deep. Number That's seven, all I should have said. Yeah, just listen to Brock. Number seven, uh, Blake Wheeler. Um, he's consistent as hell. We've talked about it. Number eight, I have Joe Pavelski, and basically, uh, I just pretty sure I just kind of moved him. Uh, I don't even know I'm, I was going to describe that, but yeah, Joe's. Uh, I just kind of see him. He's 33 now. Um, he's going to start regressing, and uh, that's kind of why he's going down this list. Where I see other guys progressing and kind of jumping ahead of him. Sure. Number nine, I got Mitch Marner. We all love him. And uh, number ten, I have everyone's favorite Maple Leaf of them all. I'm surprised that you guys didn't have him, and you had a different one. Uh, I have Phil Kessel. Uh, but uh, uh, and Phil Castle, I have at number ten uh, yeah. strictly because uh, Phil kind of doesn't get the respect that he that he deserves. I think he uh, he hasn't scored less than twenty goals since uh, the two thousand and seven two thousand and eight season. So that was only a second career year. Um, so since then he has had thirty plus goals in every season, but three. Um, he put up seventy points last year. He's playing on the lethal. Um, Pittsburgh Penguins so we love guys from Pittsburgh you you gotta love to have guys from Pittsburgh on your fantasy team and I think uh, Kessel is pretty much a sure bet to get you 65 70 points if he can stay healthy still only 29 so he, he's got some legs in him even if uh even if there's a couple of hot dogs feeling those legs um I'm just kidding I mean that's uh, that, was, that was rude but anyways Phil Kessel <laughs> I like I like him at 10 um I think that he's a he's a good bet for a lot of um, and he's kind of going to get getting overpassed by a lot of people. But someone who we were talking about a couple years ago when he went to Pittsburgh, maybe, you know, being one of the top fantasy people that's out there. Now we're talking about him barely cracking the top 10. Uh, I think he, he should be in there. And uh, that's why I got him. So, yeah, I like it. Um, yeah. Is that everything you guys got on the top 10? Should we go uh, to the Blue Stones? Yeah, Blue Stones need to play us out, I think. All right. Yeah. We'll let the Blue Stones play us out. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, when we get back, we'll get to our breakout, our sleeper, our rookie, and our busts. Uh, so enjoy the Blue Stones. See you guys back here in a minute. episode (laughs) three season three beebs is fired up just wants to bang it so let's let's (laughs) bang it out boys um beebs since you're fired up we might as well start with your breakout right winger for 2017-18 
Oh, that was that wasn't even fair. That's totally like when you get slashed in hockey and you retaliate and someone and you get the penalty and the rest are like you. I only saw you because I said bang it right after we all yelled something cool. I don't. So, I don't know what you're talking about, man. All I'm I the only one I got caught. I don't remember yelling anything to be honest with My you. My breakout, Charlie Coyle, Minnesota Wild. Wait, um, how, how is sorry. he going to break out though if you know Niederreiter's getting all the minutes? No, you're super right. There's no room for anyone else to break out if it's already being broken by Nino. Yeah. But uh, at 25, uh, Charlie Coyle's kind of progressed uh, nicely every season since he's broken the NHL since uh, 2012. Um, he had a career year of 56 points last year with 38 assists, which um, which is it, that's okay. Um, that's bottom of your fantasy roster. But um, he, he's going to finally get the shot that he kind of deserves at the top of the lineup um, all year. That's something that he, that he earned about I don't know halfway through last year, a little bit later, but he didn't have it all year essentially. Um, but now he's the go-to guy in Minnesota for uh, for points, and maybe uh, you know Niederreiter can help him out there. They can help each other out to break out together. But um, he's <laughs> gone up in points every single year since he's uh, since he's played in the NHL, and so has his ice time. Um, so um, and the progression's gone five five points more, seven points more, fourteen points more. So if he keeps up that, he's got to put up like. 25.4 last year right um basically um i want i'm looking at coil to break into the kind of the top 15 right winger area this year and maybe even crack that top 10 if he can get above the 60 point plateau um with a nice body of goals um i do like coil a lot i think he's gonna get a lot of chances on the power play and uh for me he's one of those guys who people might not know the name they might not want to touch him but he's uh he's someone who's gonna get first line minutes first line power play so keep him in your mind yeah, I mean, I like Nino Niederreiter better because he's got a better name, but uh, Charlie Coyle definitely uh, has a lot going for him, and the Wild should be uh, pretty nasty this year. Uh, but D, who's your breakout right winger? Uh, I'm going with Jonathan Juin. Uh, oh, Johnny. Now the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, obviously, a lot to like with Juin. Did pretty good in what was his first season uh, with kind of, I guess, a top six role last year. Put up 53 points in 73 games. Average 17.40 a night for ice time. Following the trade of Montreal, expect Juan to see a bump in ice time and get you know every opportunity in the world. Uh, are they're already talking about starting him at center to open Sake. up the season, play alongside Patrick on the top line? It's a nice eligibility. Exactly, yeah. Um, you, you know that the Habs played Radulov eighteen and a half minutes a night last year. He was second in power play time for Montreal forwards, behind only Patrick Duran is coming in to fill that void and more. So the uptick in ice time and power play time alone should push his point total up over 60 points. Um, and there's obviously room to grow, um, you know, as far as skill and just his overall game are concerned. Uh, so we could be looking at a huge year from Juan, And just with, you know, like I said, the uptick in, in ice time and kind of the growth of the role he's kind of looking at this year, I think gives him a solid enough floor where you can kind of go ahead and take him a little bit earlier than where he's going right now. Yeah, I think we talked about it a little bit already uh, with Drew A, how he's just, they are just going to give him all the opportunity in the world to succeed this year. Uh, and hey, playing next to... He's coming home too. Yeah, playing next to Pacioretty definitely uh, will help though. Maybe Gallagher on the other wing too. It should be a pretty solid first line in Montreal. And uh, yeah, sure. the, uh, the dual eligibility when he gets it will be another added bonus. Uh, but for me, call me a homer. But I like Anthony Mantha uh, to break Such out this year. Mantha <laughs> is literally like the lone bright spot in Detroit right now, heading into the 2017-18 season. What about the god Larkin, dude? Last well, year you would have been pumping him so hard. I probably <laughs> did. But what is that? There is a there's a lot of bright there's a lot of like young players, but he's like the one guy that can truly break out this year. 
Uh, and it could be a huge season for, for Bantha. Just 22 years old, has all the tools to be a 30-30 player in the NHL. Uh, just needs to kind of put it all together. I mean, six foot five, 221 pounds, and skates a lot better than you'd expect for a guy of that size. Uh, and literally, yeah. just an elite release. Great shot. Uh, realistically, the reason he should break out is Bantha. It'll be his first full season, so he should see more minutes than he did last year, uh, especially on the power play. Uh, the Red Wings power play was garbage last year, uh, and Mantha's an absolute monster with a great shot. I don't know why he wouldn't see all the minutes in the world. Uh, but look for Mantha to probably finish the year somewhere around 200 shots, and uh, that would definitely put him on, you know, make 25 goals, almost his floor, uh, and then obviously 30 goal upside, as I mentioned. Uh, he had just three points with the man advantage last year, which just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. No. So uh, that should certainly climb and just... You know, uh, you give him a couple of power play goals here and there, a couple more power play assists, that alone, uh, you know, improves his numbers drastically off of what he did last year. And he still only appeared in 60 games. So a uh, lot going in Mantha's favor, other than the fact that the Red Wings are going to be pretty brutal. Uh, Brock, I thought of another uh, a great young Red Wings talent, um, Athanasiu. He, well, you know, his uh, fantasy year. I just wanted to. Uh, well, you know, uh, if you're in a KHL league, you might uh, <laughs> want to pick Andreas Athens to see you up because the knows? wings are that bad that guys are running to the KHL. No, no, no. Bit of a trend now. Ken Times Holland, change, man. Ken Holland is literally change. just like, yeah, I handed out all the money, bro. So there's just nothing left to give you. But no, Ken Holland signed gonna, something like way long ago. He takes their Russians. Back like say 10, 15 years ago, now he's giving them elite players to the K. Sure. This is this has all been part of a twenty year plan. Jesus, I hope you're They're wrong. Just getting the bad end of it. Oh man, that would be brutal. I was too young to remember like all the great Russians. I mean, not too young to remember, but too young to really appreciate them like I would if they were still kicking around right now. But uh, holy shit, Deshaun Watson uh, got a little sidetracked when he just went on like a fifty yard touchdown run. That was pretty exceptional. Yeah, like it's because, eight, it's because dude, of his I'm new... telling you the whole night you're ahead of me, dude. I haven't seen. Yeah, well, you're about to love it. It's probably because of his new porn star girlfriend that just got fired up for that run. I love how we've been talking about this random Thursday night football game that's already happened. Yeah, and these are going to come out. Now. Knowing Brock, this isn't coming out till like next Wednesday. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait this run is looking pretty crazy. It is insane. Uh, but B. Yeah, the Bengals were certainly <laughs> just sure. the Bengals were certainly just sleeping on Deshaun Watson. So why don't we just use that to, to, to go right into our sleeper section of the episode? And uh, nice. Biebs, who's your sleeper right winger? Okay, nasty transition. Yeah. Um, just nasty. start with that. But sleeper right winger, um, someone who uh, gained a lot of fantasy buzz last year when uh, they realized that Sidney Crosby has a new Chris Kunitz, and it's uh, his name's Connor Sheary. Um, I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but he, he works pretty well alongside Crosby, and he, he's kind of fit in very nicely there, him and uh, and Jake Wenzel, I believe, and I, I think that's what they're going to go with this year. And we saw them dominate the playoffs last year. Um, Sherry put up 53 points in 61 games in uh, kind of an injury-filled year last season, and um, one of close to his, his fullest se- season in the NHL, only his second year in the league. Um, I see him kind of being someone who's just going to feed off a of Sid this year and maybe possibly put up 60 to 70 points. And if he does, that's someone who you could get a lot later than he's going uh, or going to go in drafts. Um, you can get him in, in, a, in a very nice spot. And if it's someone who can be like Blake Wheeler, where you just slot him in and not have to worry about him, that's a great feeling. Um, definitely someone to keep an eye on. And I know last year he had dual wing eligibility. So if he does this year, bam, Connor Shearer gets even more. Bam! <laughs> bam! Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, Did you write BAM on your paper piece? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All over my laptop. BAM. 
he works uh, real hard, which is you know a nice fit for Sidney Crosby's line, and he is not afraid to shoot the puck. Uh, Two point five no. shots per game last year, uh, so you give him a full eighty two k campaign. Uh, that puts him on pace for 205 shots. Uh, the only red flag is his 14.6% shooting percentage last year. But even, uh, you know, he only played 61 games, so you give him 82 games this year. Uh, you know, at 2.5 shots per game, you're looking at still another 20-goal campaign. And who knows how many assists uh, he could rack up uh, playing alongside Sid. And again, those secondary dirty ones. Yeah, and, and again, this is, you know, now just his second full season. So uh, we'll, we'll see maybe some more progression as well. So I like Sheary quite a bit entering this year. Uh, the only issue I have is I think people, it might be hard to draft him uh, as late as some people would like, because I think people will reach for him, especially people who, you know, maybe get Sidney Crosby in the first round uh, might take him a little earlier than he should. Penguin but if you hunters. get him, if you get him in a decent uh, draft slot there in the mid rounds, he could definitely be a dirty sleeper this season. Uh, but D who you got sleeping on? Uh, you know, I'm going to talk a name that hasn't been getting as much late in the fantasy hockey world as, you know, he might have maybe two or three years ago. And that's Jakub Voracek, currently going in the ninth round Yahoo Standard Leagues right now, if you can believe it. Uh, Voracek quietly put together some elite assist totals over the last four seasons, having put up at least 39 assists since 2013-14. Put up a career-high 253 shots last year as well. Mm-hmm. Um Shot just 7.9%, so he only picked up 20 goals. If he could keep up that kind of shot production, you know, even with just his career average shooting percentage around 10%, now we're talking about a 25-goal, 40-assist guy. Um, so I think there's this kind of higher ceiling for Voracek that people don't realize at this point in his career. Um, I think, you know, as much as you don't want to chop up, you know, a couple of uh, a couple of seasons, you know, two full seasons to of uh, lackluster goal production to bad luck, Um He's put up over 450 shots and shot something like seven or eight percent. So obviously, there's what I'm just trying to say is there's a lot more goals on the table for check than kind of what he's grabbed the last few years. Um, and his floor is solid enough that he needs to be taken a few rounds earlier than what's you know average right now. Because at the very least, you're getting elite assist totals from what is really a fairly thin position. Yeah, uh, it, Voracek had an ADP of the seventh round last year. So uh, if it's the ninth this year, um, it is still pretty early, but we could see that change. Uh, but still, if he if he ends up going to the seventh even or ninth round, uh, this is a guy that carries probably something like a, a fifth round fantasy value. So an absolute steal there. Uh, ninth in the NHL in assists uh, over the last four seasons, which is uh, pretty disgusting. Uh, but my sleeper is a guy who I might have. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pronounce his name. I might have to pull up that translator from a couple episodes ago. Uh, but I like Evgeny Dadanov, who comes over from the KHL uh, to, play for the, to play for Daddy. the Florida Panthers. Daddy. <laughs> uh, Daddy, you go to the Panthers. <laughs> got a new favorite player. Jesus. But uh, as, as we mentioned last episode, this an episode before, uh, projecting rookies uh, is very difficult, and projecting. Players coming from the KHL is equally as difficult. Uh, but True. Dadanoff They're has all, all the tools to be a fantasy sleeper this season. Uh, he's a mature player at 28 years old. Uh, he spent yeah. a lot of years in the, uh, the <laughs> KHL. Plenty of speed and offensive ability. Uh, Dadanoff finished last year with 66 points, 30 goals, and 36 assists, uh, which was just 12 points less than Ilya Kovalchuk put up. Uh, and Dadanoff played seven fewer games. So that just kind of goes to show... Um, 
you know, what kind of talent he has. Uh, I don't know why we always kind of just use Kovalchuk as like the measuring stick on uh, the KHL, <laughs> but uh, he's just somebody that everybody and like us and listeners are familiar with. So there you, you go. Datsu, um, yeah, I could have for sure. Because um, he's in the K. Yes, I know. Not, we don't want to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, uh, Daddy Sue? The Russian winger is undersized. Hey, I'm talking here. Okay, sorry. The so, Russian winger is undersized, but he's a great finisher. I'm just, I'm just wondering, does that, does that description remind you of anybody that played in Florida in recent years? <laughs> undersized, great finisher. Yeah. Nah. You know, maybe Jonathan no Marcheseau last year. <laughs> Jonathan <laughs> Marcheseau. Oh, Ekblad. Yeah. Dadunov yeah. yeah, no, yeah. is pretty similar, <laughs> it, you know, pretty comparable to a player like Jonathan Marcheseau, uh, who we saw have a ton of success in the Panthers' LBG? top six last year. Uh, mm-hmm. Huge sleeper last year. Uh, but Marcheseau is now in Vegas, so Dadunov should <laughs> step right into uh, Marcheseau's role, uh, which would be a top six role. Um, and then that could even land him on a line maybe with our boys Alexander Barkov and Jonathan Huberdeau. Uh, which Barkov, Huber, and Daddy. Yeah, Come on. yeah. Can it get any better than that for the boys? Uh, but I, you know, I just think that uh, not a lot of people even know who this guy is. Uh, but now you know. So to keep an eye on Dadunov in the late rounds of uh, 2017-18 fantasy drafts. Uh, but now it's difficult to project guys from the KHL. Difficult, difficult to project rookies. So Biebs, why don't we start with you? Who's your rookie right winger who should have a fantasy hockey impact this year? I gotta say, um, the rookies on right wing have some sweet names because I mean, you got Daddy, and now I got Brock Besser out in Vancouver. It's a great first beauty name. name. Sure. Beauty name. Um, Besser got a little <laughs> bit of a, of a showing last year, um, kind of like something we talked about about a couple of other rookies that are coming in with the late season call up. Um, and something's happening in Vancouver um, this week. The the Sedins released a Players' Tribune article saying that they want to stay there for the next couple of years. And I'm pretty sure every Vancouver Canucks fan was like, oh. You can, just retire. Like, yeah, they're like, <laughs> we love you, but guys, you like, do not. Like, that's the worst thing. That's like Zetterberg saying he's staying for two more, right, Brock? Anyways, um, the Sedins, um, they're going to start the year as a top line. But I think that Bo Horvat, um, Sven Barchi, and then this new line mate, Brock Besser, are going to overtake him as um, as the top scoring line out in Vancouver, just strictly because of the legs that they have. And we've seen Bo, Bo Horvat really work his way into a uh, becoming an all-star player. Do you just call Something it Borat? Ha- sounded, like, sounded like you called him Borat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a great name. It could have been the cutout. But um, anyways, uh, Besser was, was kind of a college standout in North Dakota. He had over a point per game in college, 94 and 74 games total. And um, and that's something that not even some of the best players don't do while in college hockey. Um, so that's an impressive stat for him. Um, and he's going to get the best chances, I believe, some of the best chances out of all uh, all the rookies across the NHL, um, which is one thing that can really help his fantasy value. He's someone who you could see as a late round sleeper and even I could see him even in a 12 team standard league. Just someone with one of your last picks who um, who has a chance to really break out. Um, and at 22, he's not he's not necessarily young and and um, and. And you know, a little weaker like those eighteen-year-old guys. He's he's got that man bod, and, uh, and I think he could, I think he could definitely break out this year. So uh, so he's my rookie, Brock Besser. Beebs yeah. is the only guy that would use man bod in like a a way to describe <laughs> a player <laughs> and why you should pick him in fantasy hockey. Uh, but D, D D who's your rookie? Um, all right, so he doesn't exactly qualify as a rookie. Because um, he played 34 games in the NHL last season, but as far as you know, the data podcast rules, is concerned right now. Timo Meyer of the San Jose Sharks is a rookie. Uh, 
you know, Meyer, as Barack would put it, is built from the same mold as his teammate Thomas Hurdle. Uh, <laughs> got good size, quality playmaker, capable of playing top six minutes for the Sharks this season. Uh, 23 points in 33 AHL games, six points, 34 NHL games last year. Poised for a full 2017-18 season. Simply not a lot of rookie options right now uh, if you are in a dynasty league. Um, no. You know, but he is a guy where if he gets uh, if he gets the ice time that, you know, we know is up for grabs in San Jose right now with Marlo being gone, uh, he definitely has the ability to contribute and produce offensively and at, you know, a, a rosterable level. Um, but, he, you know, he's very much so his offense production uh, will be tied to his usage. But, you know, uh, interesting guy to keep your eye on nonetheless. Timo Meyer, San Jose. Timo Oscar Meyer Wiener. Uh, for it's me, uh, you could... You could probably file Josh Hosang under sleeper if you wanted to be putty. Um, but I'm going to go. He slept in for practice that one time. Yeah, one time. Yeah. But, People uh, don't I'm forget, gonna, Josh. Yeah. People, People do not forget. forget. No, we're going to be yeah. talking about this in season six. An 18-year-old. Think about how many times you slept in for something in your life. The guy did it once. Think of how many times you slept in for something in the last week. Think That's about how many times I slept. Think about how many times I've slept in for the most important job interview of your life. I never did that. Come on. Come on. Well, now it sounds like story time. It's hockey, man. If he doesn't skate today, he'll skate tomorrow. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but anyways, Hosang still classifies right. as a rookie, unlike D's rookie. Uh, after playing just 21 games with the Islanders mm-hmm. last year, uh, the 21-year-old is no shortage of skill. Posted a strong 10 points, uh, four goals, six assists in 21 games uh, with the Isles last year. Uh, if you can't do the math, that is a 16-goal, 23-assist per 82-game pace. Not too shabby for uh, his brief stint in Brooklyn. Uh, but during that time, he averaged 16, 27 uh, time on ice per game. So don't expect the Islanders to be shy uh, with Hosang's usage. Uh, during his first full season, well, what should be his first full season in the NHL. Uh, he is more of a playmaker than a finisher, so don't expect uh, Hosang to you know, push for 20 goals, really. I mean, it's entirely possible, but uh, he's more of a setup man. So look for maybe goals in the, the mid-teens, uh, double-digit goals, 30-plus assists, I think is a reasonable expectation uh, for Hosang in his first full year. Um, and the real reason why I'm excited about him coming into this year uh, is just because he should see more ice time than your average first year uh, forward. So uh, I like Josh Hosang again. Uh, I mean, as long as he shows up, right, boys? Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Answer the alarm. But it's uh, like you guys don't want him to be rested. Like I, yeah. I don't know what you guys want. <laughs> Guy likes to snooze. Just hit that snooze button one too many times, eh? But uh, this off. is this is the most fun part of the episode. We get to talk about guys we think are going to be shit. So, uh, or not shit, but just they won't play up to their draft stock. Yeah, so, uh, come on now. Beebs, who's your bust? Okay, uh, bust yeah, I, don't, I don't think this guy's going to be shit by any means. But um, bust I'm, busting on, on, I'm busting on Cam Atkinson today. Um, Cam Atkinson was a, a breakout, one of, the, one of the biggest breakout candidates last year and probably one of the most, um, I, I'd say probably the MVP of the waiver wire almost one. He could compete for that last year, um, but he did slow down quite a bit. And um, pre all-star game before he made his bid for the all-star game, he had 24 goals, 22 assists. Um, and nine of those were power play goals post all-star game in 33 games. He only had 11 goals and five assists um, for a total of 16 points. So he clearly regressed in the second half. Um, and uh, Atkinson shot at a 14% rate last year. And as we talked about so much, um, 
he um the average around the nhl is somewhere around the 10 even a little bit lower and he's a career average shooter of 11 percent. so i would um i'd imagine him going a little bit more down to that 11 percent again and that could take off a few goals to from his 35 total um and if you take a few goals off there it makes him not even a 30 goal scorer and um and then it he, does he really deserve that that conversation in the top 15 right wingers um just in general the the Previous years before Cam Atkinson don't show that he sh- can put up this, but yeah, I mean he could have broken out. And I could be completely wrong, but um, I just <laughs> want to hate on Cam Atkinson right now. Also, there's uh three younger players that if Cam starts to uh, yeah, I'm on a first name relationship, but if he starts to uh just struggle, um, maybe those shots that were going in last year so luckily um, stop going in. There's Josh Anderson waiting to take his spot. Um, Jordan Schroeder. If he should, and then, Josh uh, Anderson, if he shows up for Cam. Yeah, that too. Yeah, I mean that's gotta happen, and then. Uh, George said as well. So um, there's, um, I, I don't know. I just, I just don't see Atkinson repeating what he did last year. And I think a lot of people are going to take him when there are better people who have proven they can put up the same amount of numbers on the board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just I think, think that's last year was a bit of an outlier. Yeah. 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 Um, he did shoot a crazy amount of shots, whatever it was. I think it was something. Ripping was everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, we like that going forward. Uh, but I would agree, Beebs, that you would almost have to bet on him getting back to where he was and his where, you know, you could take guys around there who are easy, gonna easy, safe bets to get yep. to 60 points. Yeah, exactly. Um, for me, you know, because it's already talking, uh, TJ Oshie, you know, a guy that is just whole career basically been blown out of proportion because of one shootout. But <laughs> uh, well, that's fine. TJ mean We call that the Jonathan Taves effect. Um really an easy one though he scored 33 goals last year on just 143 shots i didn't even know you could do that <laughs> shot a league high 23.1 percent it's absurd crazy fucking high obvious <laughs> red flag for us here um young guys like burikoski you know that i'm high and you know brock and Beavis, you know obviously kind of like as well um only getting better watching you'd expect to see Oshie's 18 minutes a night deplete a bit as the season goes on when the coach realizes he's not scoring uh, one of every four shots again. Um, so to me, you know, kind of best case scenario for Oshi this year, he returns to 26 goals, 25 assists that he had in his first season with Washington two years ago, um, which certainly does not justify taking him above the likes of Juan, Arvidsson, Aho, uh, Voracek, Konashiri, all these guys that are going <laughs> after Oshi in standard yeah. jazz right now. Um, so yeah, I don't tell you, if you took DJ <laughs> Oshi in the seventh round of your fantasy draft, is a good chance I don't want to be friends with you. Um, <laughs> let them let them have it. Let them know. Yeah, let them know. Bye. Yeah, that's it. I'm not gonna go off anymore. His whole, like literally his whole career is blown out of proportion. Shoots 23 percent one year to help everyone justify it, and here we are. Yeah, no. If if, if you take his 143 shots and use his career 13.4 shooting percentage. Uh, he goes from 33 goals down to 19, and suddenly 19 goals and 23 assists isn't so sexy. No, it's not, not at all. Not at all. It's not, not, not at all. But uh, your name's like I Daniel Charlie or something. <laughs> I told you guys that I was going to talk a little bit more about Patrick Line later in the show, you told us. and now you told us. it's time. Be uh, busting on. Bear with me here because I got like, quite a bit to talk about. We kind of touched on it a little bit already, but I know I'm going to receive a ton of flack for this. I've already heard it from Jets fans. Uh, the Jets faithful have have been on me a little bit because I've been talking about this for like a month now. Uh, and then even just Line A keeper league owners don't want to hear this either. But I stand by my claim sure. that Line A will be a bust, a fantasy bust this year. Uh, now, this is not to say that I don't think he'll have a good season. 
but they're going to be fantasy owners that take a chance on him, whether it's the first round or early in the second round. When I view him as more of a third or fourth rounder coming into this year, uh, and that's what makes you a bust. If, if you're drafted as a fantasy first rounder and you pass on a guy like Jamie Benn or John Tavares to take a flyer on line A, I think you're going to be disappointed in your return. You're going to have a bad time, yeah. Um, yeah. But here's the reason why I don't like Line A coming into the season. Obviously, we talked about as a rookie, he scored 36 goals on 204 shots for a ridiculous 17.6 shooting percentage. Not quite 23.1 like TJ Oshie, but still absurdly high. Shooter shoot. Uh, he also added 28 assists <laughs> thanks to a league high 13.8 on ice shooting percentage. Ridiculous. So high. Uh, just so, high. so unmaintainable, it's not even funny. It's Khalifa high. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you won't be able to maintain those rates. Uh, and then obviously, where the arguments have come from is like, well, have you seen his shot? Of course he can shoot 17.6%. See that bullet, bro? His, sh- his shot's elite, man. Or, uh, or like, he's obviously going to get more shots, man. And yes, I've seen his shot. Extremely impressive. But no, we cannot maintain that percentage. Obviously, like, Alexander Ovechkin's shot. Pretty ridiculous, too. Career shooting percentage was just 12.3. How about Sidney Crosby? Best player in the world for years. 14.7%. So nobody is maintaining this bullshit 17.6 shooting percentage. I know. Even if he shoots at Crosby's rate, that gives him six fewer goals from last year, puts him on pace for 30 goals. Um, obviously, like I said, an argument can be made that he will shoot more frequently this year, and that will offset his declining shooting percentage. And honestly, I don't disagree, which is why I have him pegged for exactly the same amount of goals as last year. 36-goal season. Uh, a great year, but again, just not a, a, a surefire first-round fantasy pick. Um, his lack of and, and then obviously I think just his lack of assists last year I'm not I don't really have too much to go on on how many more assists he might pick up this year uh, but right. it was under 30 assists last year and if he's there um, that lack of assists obviously doesn't really compare to the top echelon of player uh, that you would you know normally see getting picked in the first or early second round um, so I am very cautious uh, with Patrick Line. Uh, he could prove me to be an asshole, and uh, that could be most definitely the case. But I am staying clear of Patrick Line in the first two rounds of fantasy drafts this summer, or not summer, yeah. fall. Um, yeah, what? But we what have one. Past, yeah, I know we have one Twitter question as well. Uh, do you guys have anything to add on Line before we go to t- Twitter cues? No, I catch that guy. Yeah, that was a lot of talking, but yeah, I'm, I'm good at that. You sound less nasally now, though. Yeah, I'm uh, slightly less congested than I was uh, two days ago when we did the Left Wing podcast. Yes. <laughs> but uh, what's, our, what's our cue? From Josh Graham, at jgram underscore 18, he tweeted at us at DFO Podcast. Make sure you go follow us. Um, and he We, we kind of talked about this already, but he, uh, he asked, does Cam Atkinson lose or gain spots? With the addition of Panarin. So realistically does Atkinson's uh, fantasy value increase or decrease with the addition of Panarin? Uh, Beebs, you kind of talked on Atkinson quite a bit. So D, why don't uh, you go ahead and take this one? Uh, Kind of an interesting question to me and my head. They weren't directly related. Uh, I don't know how much they're going to be playing together. Both being wingers, of course. Um, Both having the ability to play either side. And Tortorella being a guy who doesn't necessarily like to stick to the same thing as the season goes along, likes to mix it up mid-game, let alone throughout a whole season. Um, so to me, yeah, they seemed you know pretty non-related to non-related events. I guess, if anything, it helps Atkinson. He's certainly more talented than anything Columbus sent back the other way. Um, but I just think the difficulties, you know, 
I guess in terms of regression that Cam Atkinson is going to be facing this year is going to be a lot more um, than Artemi Panarin could really help to offset. Again, I don't hate Cam Atkinson. I think he produces shots, at, or he did last year anyway, at a, a very good um, rate. But again, I, I like you said, I don't see him shooting nearly as high as he did the year before. And even with the addition of Panarin, he's going to be hard-pressed to get back to what he did last year, let alone to improve on it. So. Yeah, and the one thing is, I think Atkinson spends quite a bit of time on a line with Dubinsky and Foligno. Uh, at least he did uh, last year. Uh, Sounds so, awful. Sounds like just no fun at all. Yeah, so, no. uh, but I mean, like, I guess he's the only <laughs> real shooter on that line, so I guess that bodes well for his ability to continue to produce shots at an elite rate. Right. Um, I think uh, if he, if he, it all depends again where he lands. I think if he lands in a line with Wenberg and Panarin, uh, he could have very well match what he did last year. I mean, Wenberg is uh, is a great playmaker, a great passer, uh, which would make Atkinson obviously better. But uh, Panarin, I think, is going to uh, reap most of the benefits of playing with uh, Wenberg this season. So I don't think that Panarin's uh, addition to the team really affects Atkinson's value like heavily one way or the other. Uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, exactly what I said. To me, they're they're not, you know, directly related. As so uh, we're in agreement. We don't even need to talk to Beebs because he already talked yeah, about no. Atkinson for an hour. Yeah, so. no, I already went there, done that. That was so an hour ago, boys. Yeah, you already busted on that. So anyways, um, that <laughs> was bust. season three, episode three, the Right Wing Preview Podcast. Um, oh. We are going to be back hopefully next week, most likely next week, with a... Definitely fantasy preview of the defenseman and goalies so uh we'll wrap up our positional preview episode and then we'll really get into some fun stuff like mock drafts and all sorts of other nonsense uh so yeah keep your eye out for that uh and we've also floated around the idea of having a fantasy hockey league with uh ourselves and some of the listeners so keep an eye out for that uh in the coming weeks so let us know if uh, you'd be interested we're still you know, trying to gauge interest. Yes. So yeah, if you're interested, please tweet us at DFO podcast. If you'd be interested in joining a fantasy league with the three of us goons. Uh, but for now I'm Brock Segan for Beeps Bondi and Dylan D. Berthew. Have a good week. And, uh, most of all, don't draft money in the first round. Can't wait to win that league. Peace. Broken down. So I walked the line. I drop my wounds and I down. I'm out of money. I'm out of time. Like a broken arrow The time slows and my vision arrows I'm out of money, I'm out of time Sing your hearts out, sing it loud Make me happy, make me proud Black holes, solid ground Black holes, solid ground A thousand voices set on free Because it's
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.